When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of Future Brew right here on mazenbrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon. Join me today. It, <laughs> the last few podcasts have been kind of interesting. We've had Stephen, just me and Stephen the last two. Now it's just me and John. And uh, Stephen is on vacation this week, so we'll get Hopefully we get uh, the the three amigos here back next week. But, John, it's a pleasure to have you back. Uh, how have the last couple of weeks been for you, my, my good friend here? Uh, very busy and tiring, but fun as well. Um, but I'm glad I had the time today to, to come back uh, and get back on the pod with you. I wish Steve was here as well to get the crew back together, but I guess I'll just have to settle for one yeah for, for you Vaughn. well so, sorry i <laughs> sorry you have to settle with me man um <laughs> all apologies hope yeah hopefully we can get steven back next week he's uh taking a, a a quick vacay and uh he he should be back for the next one so uh, we'll we'll have the full squad back very soon i've i've been pretty busy myself um lots of just short mini trips around michigan went to houghton lake and then went to Grand Rapids just got back from Grand Haven. So I've kind of just been all over the place. So it's been, it's been a good week and uh, I'm ready to talk some Michigan football recruiting. So let's just jump in. And uh, we, we talked last week, Stephen and I did about uh, the recruitment of uh, Tafik Thomas, the three-star defensive tackle who had uh, narrowed his top uh, or his top list to four schools. It was Michigan, Kansas, Arkansas, USF. And then he posted on Twitter that he was going to commit this past weekend and then on Saturday those plans seemingly changed and he tweeted out that he was no longer going to make his commitment that day that he was going to delay that decision rethink some things and uh, settle it out at a later time and uh, it's just very interesting uh, that uh, you know, given the four schools that he has here John uh, one kind of just sticks out like a store, sore thumb and I would say that is Michigan uh, in terms of prestige, football prestige among the three others. Uh, Michigan offered him back in March and is a teammate of four-star defensive line commit Mario Eugenio down in Tampa, Florida. 
they really need guys at this position and uh, they, they don't have a true defensive tackle committed at this time. And they, they are really in the hunt for many other guys, John, obviously they still got Kenneth Grant out there. He's narrowed his list to top three of Michigan, Ohio state and Wisconsin, but he seems to be taking his time uh, potentially with um, seeing if there are enough, uh, if there's enough room for him to join Ohio state's class perhaps. Um, But he, nonetheless, he's taking his time and uh, Walter Nolan obviously is going to be taking his time. But uh, if you're a regular listener of the program, you know what my opinion is of that recruitment. And it's probably not going to end well for Michigan. And the other couple guys, you got Deion Walker uh, in state defensive tackle, but he could very well end up on the offensive side of the ball. And then Isaiah Hastings uh, is also a real option at the defensive tackle position. Um, So, John, I, I'll just ask you straight up right here. Why do you think Thomas delayed his decision? Because if you're looking at the top four list that I'm looking at, it seems pretty clear which program you would probably want to spend your next four plus years at. Yeah, I, I think I don't think he was a take for the staff. I think that they were there's word that his testing numbers were not uh, great when he was at some camp, um, you know, over the summer. And I think that really made him tumble down Michigan's board. And I think after he, you know, I, I think it had to be cleared to him that uh, even though he has the offer, it's probably not committable at this time. So um, once he figured, you know, that out, it, he was probably planning to commit to Michigan and then couldn't. Uh, the staff kind of reached out and told him that he wasn't didn't have the green light to go, so he's probably has to push it back and reshuffle his his uh, you know his priorities here and start looking at those other schools in his top four and uh, see where he wants to go move on from now because I, I don't think Michigan was prioritizing prioritizing him that much. Yeah, not recently at least, and it's interesting because he had told twenty four seven that uh, Michigan was talking with him every other day, showing him a lot of love, but I'm with you. I I don't really think that's the case at this point, because to me, if a kid has a top four of those four schools that we've already mentioned, it's, and and he delays that decision, um, that commitment decision, it's because the place he was going to commit that offer is no longer committable. And To me, if you're reading the tea leaves, it really seems like he was going to decide on Michigan. And I imagine, I mean, these things happen, right? So it it, it could be one of a couple things. I imagine the message probably either wasn't clear to him that the offer was no longer committable or it wasn't relayed to him in time until it was very late in which he already sent those tweets out that he was going to commit. And then that ends up, ending up to where he posted on Twitter (laughs) the day of that he was supposed to commit, that he was backing out of that. So if you're Michigan and you're in a position where you could potentially have ruffled some feathers there with Thomas, and now you don't have a defensive tackle in the class. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying Thomas is a must get type player, but it's a body at the position nonetheless, and they need guys at defensive tackle. And I know if, if you listened to the pod last week, it's kind of contradictory what I'm saying right now to what I said last week with Steven, where I was concerned Michigan is going down to the bottom of the barrel on the defensive tackle board. But at the end of the day, they still need guys in this class, John. They got lucky 
with how things fell last year with Ike Iwano, Rayshon Benny, George Rooks being so late in the cycle and they got those three guys to commit. But I don't see that happening again, John. You don't have an in-state guy that's going back and forth like they did last cycle with Benny. They don't have another four-star type player like last cycle with George Rooks that is deciding between either Michigan or a couple other Big Ten schools. So with all that said, John, what are your thoughts on just all of that? And are you worried about this position moving forward? I, I am not as worried, I think, because of last cycle, as you just outlined, how well it went towards the end. I think they'll have a pretty good depth in a, you know, once they develop those guys. Um, you know, I think they only need one or two guys with the potential to grow into the nose. Um, and I think, uh, you know, Grant, yeah, it's hard to tell right now with Ohio State always lurking. But to me, he seems pretty likely to end up in the class. Um, you know, he may be waiting around, but I, I do think they fill up before he gets the green light to commit. Um, and then, you know, you really just have to land one of those guys out of Hastings or Harrison or find someone um, that, you know, flashes during the senior season and, uh, you know, you kind of unearth a gem there um, instead of going after a guy that, you know, you already know you don't think can can hack it at this level. So I, I, I don't mind them waiting, you know, keeping the guys, keep going after the guys that they have identified those handful of prospects and then, you know, keep monitoring uh, senior film now that the, those seasons are, are uh, being played starting last weekend for a lot of guys. Um, so I, I, I think that they still have the option to expand their board later on. Yeah. The, the option is always there. I just, I get a little concerned when they end up having to expand the board when they were in on so many guys of higher caliber earlier in the cycle. Um, Anthony Lucas is the one that sticks out to me. I, I thought he was one of those must get type guys at defensive tackle. And obviously they're not recruiting him anymore, but I mean, what you get when, when this kind of happens is you get a player like Vincent gray, right? Cornerback in the 2018 class. And we all know how he played last year, but 2019, he played pretty well. So it, these are guys, if you're going to the bottom of, of your defensive tackle board or whatever board you're on, and, and you're having to unearth some of these, you know, quote unquote gems or, or late bloomers or whatever you want to call them, uh, they're not going to be immediate starting caliber guys and I'm not saying that they have to, but you certainly want that level of competition to be coming into Ann Arbor more often than not. Uh, so you can, push for playing time, get the best athletes on the field and then go from there. I mean, I, I just, it, it's a little concerning for me. I, I'm not saying it's the end of the world because like you had mentioned the defensive tackles that they brought in, in the 21 class, there's a lot of reason for excitement there. I think Benny could be a really nice player. George Rooks can be a really nice player. I don't really know a lot about Ike Iwana, but a lot of people seem to like him and uh, it seems like he could eventually grow into a defensive tackle role at Michigan as well. So it'll be interesting moving forward. They've got a few guys left on the board, uh, but as of right now, they don't have a true D tackle in this class. So we will certainly continue to monitor that. Let's transition to the defensive backfield for a second and talk about uh, kind of, <laughs> kind of like what we were just talking about an emerging target uh, for Michigan. Uh, and that's another player much like uh, much like with Tafik Thomas, is not a player within the top 1,000 ranking right now. His name is Damani Dent, 
And I don't believe we've talked about him terribly much on this podcast, if at all. But he is six foot, 175 pounds. He is from Jacksonville, Florida, uh, which I think we're probably going to start referring to as George Hilo territory. John, we had uh, New England Mm -hmm. as Don Brown territory. Uh, Jacksonville is really becoming George Hilo territory. He's going after a ton of kids in that area, rightfully so. That's kind of where he's from. Uh, Damani Dent was committed to Akron, but offers from Michigan, Oregon and Pitt uh, over the last few weeks here have made him back out of that verbal pledge. And he reopened his recruitment and subsequently announced that he will be making a commitment, a new commitment on October 10th. And according to 24 seven sports, he is going to try and make it out to Michigan for a visit before that commitment date of October 10th. So allegedly might make it out for the Washington game. We'll certainly see how things play out here, John, but it's interesting to me that uh, Michigan's going after a player committed to a Mac school uh, this late into the cycle, uh, especially at a position that, you know, let's be real, John. I mean, they've kind of neglected the safety position in this class. They went after higher ranked guys like Keon Sab, but kind of stopped altogether, it seems like, with safeties up until now with Dent. Uh, Obviously, they had Jacoby Albert, but kind of things point south pretty quick with that one. Um, So why do you think it is that they're now just seemingly interested in Damani Dent? Do you think it's it's a uh, a thing where they just saw uh, the camp film and everything else and just thought that he was a worthwhile guy? to go after or do you, or is it just safeties in general? They just don't like many of the other safeties in this class. What do you think it is? Well, I think you look at the guys that they're going after, um, you know, over the, through the spring and fall um, guys like Keon Sab, who Michigan made a pretty good late run at, um, but eventually couldn't really pull it off. And then, yeah, Jacoby Albert, um, the guy, the one who committed Austin Brown, um, the committed to Wisconsin, um, you know, even a guy like Sherrod Koval, who went to Clemson, who Michigan was really in on for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, you know, it looks seems like they struck out on a lot of their top targets for a while. It looked like they're in a good spot with a lot of guys interested in them, but they all just fell one by one off the board to other schools. And then, you know, there's still guys like Dylan Tatum was uncommitted, but who knows what's going on with him right now. Um, you know, he probably projects to safety, but um, it's hard to tell which way he's leaning. So I think they're just kind of we're looking around for other guys to fill their class. And they landed on Dent here, who, you know, he is lower ranked than Thomas. But you look at the schools going after him, uh, you know, compared to Tuffy Thomas's top four. And it's very different mm-hmm. with Michigan, Oregon and Pitt all giving um, him recent offers. You know, I think he did something to. Um, make him pop off the tape and get these schools interested in him. So I think he has the potential to be a riser with a good senior season. Um, I, I think it's kind of like uh, odd that he would set a commitment date right now with uh, not a bunch of plans or visit plans set in date set in stone yet. Um, you know, you mentioned he made uh, a reference to hopefully trying to visit for the Washington game, but that's not locked in yet. He visited Oregon over the summer for their like, version of the barbecue at the big house, I think. Um, so that makes me kind of think that Oregon probably has the, the edge right now since he's already seen campus. Um, but Michigan will have to get him up for a game, I think, to to really 
move move into the lead for for Den. Yeah, I think they will certainly need that official visit for. I mean, any game really. Um, the nice thing about this recruitment <clears throat> is, it, I I don't really think Michigan has to have like a stellar season by any means to get a, a, a commitment from a player like Damani Dent, just because the other schools going after him also aren't, I mean, Oregon's good. Don't get me wrong, but Pitt historically football school, not so much. They're more historically known for basketball. So this could be one of those recruitments that if you get them up for an official visit and you blow them away with uh, everything at the big house and, and the facilities and everything that, you think you have greater things than than Oregon, I, I think they could uh, end up getting a commitment from a player like Dent. No, just, just with Dent in general, what do you think of him as a player if you've been able to see any tape on him up to this point? And, and if you have, do you think he'd be able to fit in well with what they've going on uh, or what they have going on now uh, on defense um, under Mike McDonald? I actually haven't watched his film yet. It doesn't look like he even has a junior highlight film up on his huddle, um, which is pretty odd. You know, he, he's in Florida, so I think he would have played a, a junior season. But um, it, it says, you know, it says that he's pretty versatile. He played cornerback, safety, and wide like receiver. So I think he's pretty athletic. Um, I don't know yet what uh, type of player he's going for. Um, but I know that, you know, these the new defensive staff is going after these longer guys um you know so Dent's only six foot uh which makes you think he'll probably be uh maybe go to the safety like hybrid nickel role um that that i could potentially see him going there but that's just based off his body top body type and um what other guys michigan's going after so i'd have to see his tape more but um maybe not having his junior hate junior tape uh, public is kind of hindering his recruitment, but who knows what went on there. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what is going on with that either. Um, it, it's certainly interesting, but yeah, he, he, he got the offer from Oregon a couple days after he camped at Oregon. Uh, mm-hmm. Like with that kind of like what you were mentioning with their version of like the barbecue at the big house, he camped during that. And then a couple days after that is when he uh, got that Oregon offer. And then two days after that, is when Michigan came in with their offer and then he decommitted from Akron. And then a day after that Pitt offered him as well. So it really seems like the word must've gotten around the coaching circles that this kid evidently balled out during this Oregon uh, camp that he was at uh, back in late July. So I don't know. I mean, if you look at the stats from the 2020 season, I'm not sure how many games he played, but 58 tackles, seven pass breakups and three picks. That's pretty good for a kid that's barely within the top 1500 nationally uh, playing at. uh, I mean, you would imagine that playing in Florida, he'd he'd have a bit more of a higher profile, but especially in Jacksonville. But I don't know. Um, Competition must not be great where he's at uh, playing for Terry Parker High School. So. I don't know. It, it, it's one of those very interesting things, John, where it, this this kind of just comes out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, Michigan's among the, the leaders in the recruitment. And now you kind of just wait and see what happens and see if he can get on campus and and check out a game and uh, kind of just go from there. But interesting also that he made that October 10th commitment 
kind of like, I, I mean, it seems like a deadline to me more than anything. It seems like he kind of just wants to get things out of the way and just, you know, October 10th is like the day, no matter where he ends up going, it's, it's going to be locked in at that point. So th- this is one worth watching. And uh, I, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how this ends up. So John, I'll give you the final word on this and we'll move on. Yeah. October 10th is pretty weird given it'll probably be smacked at him dab in the middle of his uh, senior season. Usually guys will want to wait to the end or get it over in the beginning, but um, you know, who knows? He could pick up a few more offers in the meantime. Um, usually, you know, there'll be a run of offers um, if one school notices that he's going to get the interest of others. So we'll see how it goes and uh, how far, how many, you know, offers he can rack up before then. Yeah, I, I certainly imagine he will probably get more offers by the time it's all said and done. I got a got a couple months here for him to have an impressive, I guess, beginning to his senior season and then make a commitment in the middle of it. Like you said, I don't know this one. It's it's one of the more out there recruitments and um, it, it kind of just popped up out of nowhere. I'm really intrigued by this and I, I, I will certainly be I, or I'll at least hope that there's some tape on him by the time his senior season uh, begins and, and get a better look at him. Um, would love to see what he can, uh, can do in the, at the safety position. So, all right, well, we will uh, take a break. We're going to come back and talk about the offensive side of the ball, specifically the wide receiver position. But right now it's time to talk about our sponsor on maze and brew podcast. And that is home field, which is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of the Midwest and Indianapolis. And not only is their stuff comfy, it is officially licensed gear. So they do not screw around when it comes to their designs. And the cool thing about home field, they study every school's history, traditions, and legacies. And with all of that, they create thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. And they've got some really amazing original Michigan designs that you're not going to find anywhere else. You can try, but you'll fail. They got t-shirts, crew necks, hats. I mean, they've got everything you need. Uh, especially with the college football season coming up. If you want to attend that maze out at uh, Michigan stadium for the Washington game, and you need a maze shirt or whatever it is, maze shirt, maze pants. I'm sure they got maze pants. They got maze everything. Go over to homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code MNB at checkout, and you'll get 20% off your entire first order. Again, homefieldapparel.com, promo code MNB. All right, we are back. Thanks for sticking around. We are going to wrap up the show today with a discussion on the other side of the ball. Talked about defense first. Let's talk about some offense here, John. Currently, they've pretty much got the nucleus of what they want out of the offense in this 22 class, outside of maybe a couple things here. They still need some offensive line help. They're hoping Josh Connerly ends up being that guy, the five-star from the West Coast. Tall order there, but they're hoping. And they've got a couple other targets along the offensive line in this class as well. But it also appears that they want another guy at the wide receiver position. And they currently have two guys committed, four-star wide receiver Tyler Morris, in-state three-star wide receiver Tayshaun Trent. But over the last month or so, they've sent out a few new offers to wide receivers in this class, which kind of piqued my interest here a little bit. One of those guys is three-star speedster Cody Hagen 
He was offered back in July. Uh, he is from the state of Utah. The main competition for that one, as you could probably anticipate, will be all of the West Coast elites. So USC, in-state Utah, you name it. If they're from the West Coast, that's the competition for Cody Hagan. Michigan also offered three-star Chase Nimrod, but he committed to Tennessee Funnily enough, not even a week after Michigan offered. So he's off the board already, uh, unless they just really think the world of him and want to continue recruiting him. But I would anticipate that since they offered him about a month ago, they probably aren't incredibly interested in pursuing that since he already committed. And then they've still been recruiting four-star wide receiver Dane Key, uh, who was offered back in May. They've been recruiting him since then. He still remains uncommitted, so they've been going after him all along. And he visited back in June, probably trying to get him to visit again this fall for a game day. So, John, with the couple recent offers that they've been kind of that they've dished out at this position, why do you think it is that they just suddenly felt the need to go after more guys at wide receiver? Because I, I, I've thought that uh, with the two guys that they had, I, I, to me at least, I mean, I kind of thought that they were just going to wrap it up, call it a day. Um, but uh, I guess not. I guess they want a- at least one more guy from the sounds of it. So why do you think it is that they now just felt the need to dish out some offers? Yeah. I mean, I think it's always a good idea to have at least three receivers in a class. Um, you know, I think, I think even if they had, you know, the two guys that they have already, I think they still should have gone after three. So it's good to see them going after them. Um, there are some rumblings that uh, Tayshaun, Tayshaun Trent may not end up in the class. Um, I don't know any reason why he wouldn't be, whether it's like performance or off the field or Trent's looking around himself to other schools, but um, they could be, you know, trying to counteract that. Um, and, but uh, you know, with Tyler Morris being the other wide receivers coming off a uh, major injury, I think it's um, also a good idea to to have a you know an insurance plan in case he doesn't come back as explosive as he was before. Um, so, I think there those are a couple of reasons why there's some uncertainty with the wide receiver position um, in this class and why you know Michigan's probably not done recruiting guys at the position. Yeah, I certainly agree with your point that. It's, it's probably good to at least get three guys per class. I think that is solid, but I don't know. It just seemed to me that they weren't really going after a lot of other guys. I mean, Dane Key, they've been recruiting for about four months now. So that, that one I get, but then sending out the offers to Cody Hagan um, and, and then Chase Nimrod, I, I just found that very interesting. It, one thing I think that uh, they should consider. I really think that the room, the wide receiver room at Michigan probably loses just one guy this off season. And I think that might be a bold thing to say. I think that's going to be Ronnie Bell. I think he'll probably test the NFL waters, but I think Baldwin who he's got two years left of eligibility. I, and I know that he's got a lot of hype coming into this upcoming season and people think that he can do a lot of nice things. And he certainly did this past season at Jackson state, but I kind of just think that he'll stick it out for the two years at Michigan and uh, test his NFL game uh, after his second year at Michigan. So, um, I mean, everybody gets an extra year because of the, the, the pandemic last year. They get that extra year of eligibility. So I guess technically Ronnie Bell could also come back for another season. But I just 
view him as probably more NFL ready. So I think he'll test the uh, NFL game there after this year. So I don't know. To me, wide receiver doesn't seem as big of a need right now um, compared to some of the other positions. Clearly, at defense, they kind of just need a little bit of everything outside of maybe edge rusher slash linebacker. They've got that position kind of set. Do you think wide receiver is as big of a need uh, as the coaching staff does evidently right now? Um, I don't know if they're, it's like at the top of the list as, you know, a place they really need someone. But um, like I said before, I think it's never a bad idea to keep looking. Like a guy like Cody Hagen, for example, like watching his tape and he's like electric. I think he'll be a terrifying guy to have in the slot um, that just seems always open. I think he's incredibly productive. Um, the, the, the corner Canyon in Utah, like the stats that they put up there is pretty ridiculous. He has yeah. uh, Devin Brown, the USC quarterback commit as his quarterback. And, um, you know, he seems like a guy that's going to be a real nuisance for a lot of teams, um, you know, running a 10, five in the hundred meter dash. Um, I think lining up him up anywhere would be a, uh, a big weapon for the offense and Dane key, the four star from Kentucky. Um, I think he's a bigger target. He'd be good on the outside. Um, I think he's pretty good with jump balls. Um, he's already off to a good start with his senior season too. Um, so I think, you know, when you have these guys that are popping on film and you have a good shot, like, um, he's already visited Hagen, um, has immediately shown a bunch of interest since getting that offer from Michigan. So I think um, if they're reciprocating that interest, you know, there there would be no good reason to not go after these guys. Since I think they can be, I think they can be quality um, producers for the team. Yeah, I think so too. And Cody Hagen to me definitely seems like a faster, potentially better version of Oliver Martin, who was a um, Michigan 2017 commit and played at Michigan for a couple seasons. But yeah, I mean, his, his stuff is just crazy good. Has a, a 10.52 a 100 meter dash time, which uh, correct me if I'm wrong, John, I think that's better than what Xavier Worthy had last year. I, I think Worthy mm-hmm. was somewhere in the, in the high uh, 10.5s. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, he, he's fast. I mean, the kid is a, just quick. Worthy at a 10, five, five. So yeah, just barely beat him out. Okay. I mean, if yep. you're beating out a kid that, and, and he, Xavier worthy, he, his recruitment blew up too. I mean, once people really got to know the speed and everything that he brought to the table, the track speed, that's, that's kind of what blew him up to eventually be a top 100 overall recruit. And 24 seven has Cody Hagan as the number six player in Utah, number 39 overall wide receiver and has him as a solid four star uh, 90 overall. So uh, not 90, uh, not 90 rating overall, but 90 with the uh, four stars there. Um, so it, it's, it's really he, him personally, I, I like him quite a bit. I don't know why they didn't offer him sooner, but like I said earlier, the USC, Utah, Stanford is, is in on him. Oregon offered him, but with, with the way that their class is kind of lining up with their receivers, they probably either won't have to take him or, or probably don't have another offer or a scholarship for him. Uh, BYU is also high on him as well. So it's going to be a lot of those West coast teams for him. 
but I really like him. I think if you're going to add another receiver for whatever reason, I think to balance it out with Morris, with, like you said, with the injury, you, you never know how he's going to come back from the injury. And, and he's kind of, I mean, he can play outside, but he's kind of like a Ronnie bell. He can play outside, inside, wherever. And then Trent, um, if he sticks with the class, he's certainly an outside guy all the way. So you're not going to have him in the slot rarely ever, if, if ever. Uh, so I think a player like Cody Hagan could really round out the class pretty well uh, in the wide receiver room. Yeah, definitely. I think I agree. He could play inside or outside. Um, I think wherever, you know, he thought he's going to be a productive guy. Um, you know, I saw he had a couple of um, crystal balls to Stanford. So he's obviously a smart kid that can, um, you know, I think hack it academically at Michigan. Um and, you know, Stanford, I think they're over under like from Vegas odds is like four wins this year. So um, I don't think they're supposed to have a very great season. So that could help sway him, too. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough getting in from the West Coast like most kids are. Yeah, it, it will certainly be challenging. But I, he told the uh, 24-7 sports that Michigan is is definitely in his recruitment. And then he wants to take a visit and he's looking at his schedule to see if uh, he's going to be able to do that, but that it's a place that he wants to definitely check out. And Josh Gaddis was the coach that offered him. So uh, we, we all know how Gaddis is as a recruiter. He's one of the better recruiters Michigan has right now. Um, which I, which in my opinion is saying kind of a lot because they've got a lot of really good recruiters already. So I think if you're able to get him, on campus, kind of like what we talked about with Damani Dent. I think if you get him on campus, uh, you can you can definitely show him uh, the utilization of the wide receivers that they at least have been trying to do over the last couple of years under Gaddis and um, roll out the red carpet for him and, and kind of just take a swing and see if you hit a home run there. But um, uh, we'll certainly see how all that plays out. But just in terms of wide receiver in general, um, I mean, do you think that he would probably be the best option uh, moving forward here? Or or do you like Dane Key more, who is higher ranked? They've been on a little longer. They have that relationship. And I believe Clinkscale was recruiting him when he was at Kentucky because there were a couple Kentucky crystal balls there. And I, I think they're still up there. But uh, I believe Clink was going after him for a little bit when he was at Kentucky. So it, it seems to me like they've got a couple decent options at the very least if they're wanting to add a third guy. Yeah, it's a tough choice. I think I would prefer Hagen because of that speed and versatility, being able to play all over. And, um, you know, he's pretty – he's, I think, faster than Key is. Um, but Key is also, you know, no slouch. Like you say, he's a four-star. Klingscale's connections with Kentucky will definitely help here. Um, but it also shows his prim primary recruiter is Josh Gaddis. So that tag team, I think, is going to be um, a really big deal and is going to help them out a lot. Um, I don't think – he uh, took an – it was an official visit they took because it was during the uh, the barbecue. So um, he'll have the chance to official during the season. Um, I, I think – I like Mich Michigan's chances here, um, being able to get that later visit. So yeah. we'll have to see how it goes. But I, I'd say right now Key is probably more likely, even though I would slightly prefer Hagen. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I think he probably is more likely as well, just with the connections that he's built with the Michigan coaching staff. Michigan's obviously been on him longer and he's already visited campus once. So if you can get him on campus again, 
Uh, the sky's the limit for that recruitment. So uh, I'm not going to rule out Cody Hagan because I like him a lot too. You love to see speed from the wide receiver position, especially with what they're trying to do with the wide receivers in Ann Arbor with guys like Roman Wilson and AJ Henning and uh, allegedly Andrell Anthony is, is very fast as well. Um, I can't remember who said that in one of the media availabilities, but one of the players said that one of the top three fast players at the wide receiver position on the team was Andrell Anthony. I found that. Yeah. Kind of I found interesting. That too. Yeah. Found that really interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would imagine that they're going to go hard after him just with the, like you had mentioned, the versatility, the speed, ability to play inside and out. And I, I would imagine that they'll, like I said, take that swing, see if they can hit a home run. If not, then they still got Dane Key uh, available as well, who seems to be very high on Michigan. And we'll see how everything goes here. But it, it's going to be a very interesting finish here in, in this 22 class. And uh, I'm certainly Certainly excited to bring all the news and, and continue all of this with you, John. And hopefully we can get Steven back next week and um, get the squad back together. You know, we, we've uh, I've, I've had some good conversation with Steven on these last two podcasts, had some good conversation with you today. Need to have some good conversation with both you boys at the same time. I'm, I'm missing the uh, the family podcast here. We need we need to get the family back together, John. Yep, I hope so, too. Having yeah. some separation anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I felt, man. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's crazy, but you know, the season's coming up and I couldn't be more excited. And we we've, I think we've got football this weekend, right? Do we have football yeah, this so weekend? Week zero, week zero. I, you know, people give week zero a, uh, bad rap, but you know what? At this point in the year, any football is good with me, man. I mean, yeah. I, I'm just, I am salivating are ready for some, some college football. It's been, especially college football with fans in the stands. I need that in my life, John. I am, I'm just so excited. Um, and I imagine you probably feel the same way. Yep. Can't wait. Yeah. I, I really can't wait either. So, all right. Uh, final word, John, any, any departing thoughts before we, uh, clock out here? Not really. I just hope Michigan gets some recruiting momentum back. Um, you know, we have some more exciting things to talk about in the future. Yeah, it's kind of been a while since we've had something to actually let's get a commitment. Um, yeah, a yeah, it, it has been. It, it has been a while, and um, you know, it, it's coming. I anticipate that something's coming, and I, I have no intel on that whatsoever. But I'm the optimist in me is saying something will come soon. Uh, so <laughs> we'll leave it at that. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon John. Where are you at, buddy? At Simmons underscore John. And follow Maze and Brew on Twitter, Facebook, all the social medias. Um, give our uh, podcast five stars. We greatly appreciate all that support. Subscribe to all of our podcasts as well. And check out the YouTube page. Uh, Steven is pumping out content all the time. And uh, getting close to another subscriber goal, I believe, Um I'm doing this on the fly right now, 4.5 thousand subscribers. So we're trying to get to 5,000 before the season starts. I know that's kind of a tall task there, but we're, we're giving it a shot. If you haven't done so already, please do so. And the support would be greatly appreciated. So for John, I am Vaughn and we will talk to you guys next time. Go blue.